one to week two in our Accelerate series. Last week, I challenged you, if we're going to accelerate in this new year, the very first thing is we have to expect God to show up, right? Clearly, he says, he says, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. I will be amongst you. Say amongst you. Has God been with us this morning? Amen? Amen. Yes, he has. More importantly, you have made time in your week to be with him. And I think the beautiful thing about today is it's the fruit of a fasting heart that God will show up and do amazing things amongst us. You took upon yourself this week to consecrate yourselves, to set yourselves apart for the purpose of God, to set yourself apart as sacred, anticipating and expecting God to do something. And man, this morning, how could God, how, how could we just move past and let and not let God do what he wanted to do. You know what I'm trying to say? You got to make some time in there. You got to open up that opportunity and say, God, what you, you want to do here today? And God showed up in a huge way. Thank you, Akeem, and your wife for being here today. I, I, I just found out this week that you were coming, and I'm so glad that you're here. We are. All, we're going to be praying for their church plan. Amen? And I'm so excited about what God's going to do. But I want you to open your Bibles up to Joshua. Open up over to Joshua. And um, that's where we've been the last week and where we're going to be in the next few weeks as well. And so along the lines, back in September I was fasting and the Lord was laying on my heart that 2017 would be a year of acceleration. And, and, and I thought that was kind of weird that God would begin to lay that in my heart so early before the coming year. And um, in September, I just started believing for it and praying for it and speaking to our staff about 2017 being the year of acceleration. And, and, and along those lines, we started seeing God accelerate things even this fall. Things that we never thought possible. Only God. Everybody say only God. God just was doing amazing things this fall leading into this new year. And I, I don't know about you, I sense kind of a, a spirit of acceleration, amen? Just a sense that God's doing something in our lives. And I don't want to miss what he's doing. It's not God bless what I want you to bless. God do what I want you to do. God, I just want to keep up with the speed of you. What are you doing, Lord? What, where are you headed, God? If you're accelerating things, then I don't want to lag, Amen? I don't want to hold said in the video. It means an ing wants us to go in this coming year. And so the word acceleration, as I said in the video, it means an increase in the rate or speed of something, a hastening, a speeding up. And God is bringing a quickening to his people. And when you look back in the book of Joshua, you're seeing a people who had been set free from the bondage of Egypt, and now they're coming to a promised land. Now they're coming to where God desired for them. Their first enemies... They were destroyed by the same waters that they walked through, right? That's beautiful. They leave Egypt, and those waters of the Red Sea drowned their first enemies. But now over the next 40 years, they're dealing with the enemy within themselves. They're dealing with the enemies of, of doubt and disbelief and a, a murmuring and complaining spirit. For 40 years, you see these living that way. And as we looked last week, God rose up a generation that it was their time to possess. And I want to tell you this morning, this is a generation in this house. It's your time to possess. It's your time to get your hands on what God has already laid hands on for you, what he's already taken hold of for you. It's your day. It's your time. It's your hour. Amen. And it may seem like a long time has been coming. The Bible says weeping endures through the night, but joy comes in the morning. It's that long wait. And then all of a sudden, God shows up. 
Uh, certainly. Like last week we saw, certainly I will drive out the Hivites and the Jebusites and all the, the parasites, right? God will do that. In that 24-hour period, you've been this way all this time, but get ready, you know? And so what I'm looking at is things that will help push us into or move us toward the acceleration. That, that will keep us from being held back this side of Jordan. That will keep us being held back this side of what God has for us. The people of God, they were journeying from the bondage of Egypt to the land of promise. And they found that it wasn't only physical captivity that held them bound so many years in Egypt. But also now as they're journeying, they're finding that they are bound by a strong slave mentality a mentality that feels they only deserve just a little a mentality that feels that they they don't have the right to walk in all that God and when the promises of God comes there's a fear to them to possess how can I walk in that and, and so we see them complaining and murmuring and like us in our lives if we're not careful we'll think ourselves a spiritual slave yes i'm a slave to god but the bible says who is a slave to god is no longer a slave but a son is that neat so when i become a slave to god he makes me a son and if i'm a son of god the bible says that i am an god promises come on that means everything upon jesus god promises can be upon me the freedom that's in Jesus, I'm lost and found in him, and so there's freedom can be in my life. The victory that he walks in, I can walk in. All that he possesses, I can possess. I can walk in, amen? And so this idea of the Israelites of old, they were prone to wander, and I feel as if we're not careful, Christians of today, myself included, I am prone to wander, to, to see what God is doing, but not line myself up with it. I, I'm going to be honest with you. There was about three years in the old church, the old building, where we had hit 2, 225, 2, 250. And time after time after time, in my spirit, I felt, we need to go three services. We need to go three services. No, I don't want to go three services. You know, if we step out and go three services, there'll be a whole lot less people in the other two. Your preacher preaches better when there's people in the house. Come on, somebody. Wait a second. <laughs> Is it? I'm not sure if that's, no. <laughs> it's just true. And so I would be too afraid. Because I never thought the God that, I felt like it took so long to get too full. How in the world could we ever get a third service full? And I just, I, I leaned back on my heels. I didn't accelerate. I didn't move forward. I just, this is nice. This is good. You know? Y'all, we went three services and grew 100 people overnight. I mean, it was just it was just God waiting on us to say, okay, Lord, we're going into what you promised. You want us to reach folks? Let's make space to reach folks. And here we go. And now two years later, look where we're at. You know, praise the Lord for that. But I had a slave mentality. I was prone to wander in my disbelief. And, you know, you get your teeth knocked in a few times spiritually. Anybody there? Okay, good. So this isn't just a whole bunch of perfect folk in here. But you get your teeth knocked in, you stop leaning forward. You stop believing. You stop trusting. You start to think with that mentality, I don't, I don't deserve anything, you know. You're right, we don't. But in Jesus, he's made a way for everything. Not everything that we want, but everything that he wants. And so we get close to the Lord. That's what fasting is. Fasting is not about changing the hand of God and stirring a moving God. It's about changing us and lining our hearts up with God. And when our hearts are lined up with God, next thing, you know, you ever have a car that's out of alignment? You know, it's wild. The car that's out of alignment, if you're going slow, you can kind of fight it, you know. 
But if you've got a car that's out of alignment and you accelerate, you start to move, it's cracking off the road quick, you know. God wants us to align with what he's doing and accelerate, you know. And so in the book of Joshua, what we see is an acceleration take place as God brings them in to possess what he has for them. I want you to open your Bibles to Joshua chapter 3, and we're going to kind of jump in where we were at last week and move forward from here, all right? So let's jump into chapter 3, verse 9. Here at Momentum Church, if you're a guest, we'd like to stand when we read God's word for the first time on a given Sunday. So if you would, stand to your feet, Joshua chapter 3. <coughs> and we're going to look here today in the the, the purpose of the day is to look at some things that will hold us back from possessing, okay? Look at some things that's going to hold us back from accelerating, going into what God has for you personally, for your family, for your, your health, whatever it might be, for your spiritual growth, for the growth of the church, the health of the church, all those things. And so we're just going to look at a few things real quick that holds us back. Let's look here in Joshua chapter 3, verse, verse 9, verse 9. It says, Joshua said to the people of Israel, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, here is how you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Jebusites, your mother-in-law. <laughs> just, just kidding. Behold. The ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. I told you last week, we expect the presence of God to show up. We keep our eyes on the ark. We keep our eyes on God. Not on man, amen, but on God. We keep our eyes on him. There's an expectation that he's coming, he's showing up, and we're keeping our eyes on him. Now therefore take 12 men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe a man, and when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the water. Say rest in the waters. Of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing, and the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap. So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests, say this, say, set out from their tents. Say it one more time, set out from their tents with the priests, bearing the ark of the covenant before the people. And as soon as those bearing the ark had come as far as the Jordan, and the feet of the priest bearing the ark were dipped in the brink of the water. This is going to get really good, y'all. I can't wait to get into this. Now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of harvest. The waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a, a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zarathon, and those flowing down toward the Sea of Arabah, the Salt Sea. They were completely cut off, those waters. And the people passed over opposite Jericho. Now the priest bearing the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all Israel, say all Israel, was passing over on dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. Father, today just give us a few things, Lord, that will help us leave behind what we need to leave behind in 2016 as we press toward this new year. Lord God, reveal to us a few things that we need to put our focus in and a few things that we need to let die in our hearts that we can accelerate and move toward all that you have. In the name of Jesus, amen. Go ahead and have your seat. When you look at this passage of scripture there in Joshua chapter 3 verse 14, it says, so when the people set out from their tents to pass over 
the Jordan. I want to look today at the thought of leaving your tent behind in 2016, okay? Leaving your tent behind in 2016. When the people set out from their tents, their tents, they're this side of Jordan. Their tents, they're this side of what God wanted them to possess. Their tents, this side of the river, this side of the flow of God, this side of the move of what God's about to do. When they set out from their tents to pass over, then they started seeing God do some amazing things. Amen? But I think a lot of us in this room, myself included, we focus too much on our tents. Right? We focus too much on our tents. What do you mean by that? First thing, ready? Number one, a tent is a place of dwelling, but it's temporary. A tent is a place of dwelling, but it's just temporary. When it, when it comes to the idea of this, I got to thinking the tent being the temporary dwelling place, we dwell too much on the temporary. Or we dwell too much in our lives on the temporal. And God is challenging us as we go into 2017 to not focus so much on the tent or the temporal, but to focus on the eternal. Amen? That's what fasting does. How many's hungry in this house? Come on. Lord, have mercy. We had a leadership thing yesterday, and my wife and I and Stephanie, we all had the great idea we were going to make French toast. What were we thinking? We had stacks of French toast left over. That made me kind of think, well, praise the Lord. People are listening, you know. They've committed to the fast, and, and, uh, and God shows up in a powerful way today. Praise the Lord. But, but, but that idea of the fast is saying, you know what, God? The eternal, that, 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 that not the temporal, but the eternal, the things of heaven, the things of you, the things you're speaking is more important than anything I put in my body. Anything I can put my focus on. And so that first thing I believe we're going to accelerate, if we're going to go in to take the land, we have got to set ourselves out from our tents. We've got to step away and pass over to that promised land and leave the tents behind us, leave the things that are temporal behind us. That's what I was trying to get you to think through last week. When I said the scripture says, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow, I will be amongst you, and I'll do amazing things. That word consecrate really, really challenges us to think about the eternal, okay? Because when you consecrate something, you're calling it to be, you're dedicating it to be sacred in your life. You're dedicating your life to be sacred to him. And that division of the sacred and the secular needs to come down. Last week we were challenging us on that. And so if we're going to allow the sacred and the secular to join, in other words, everything in your life is sacred. Everything in your life has an eternal quality to it. Everything in your life is focused on what God wants in and through your life. When we begin to do that, we set that tent that is temporary aside. I don't know about you, though. Man, my focus so often is on the temporary. It is. And we need to focus on paying the bills, amen? Nobody else is going to pay them for you, right? No. We need to focus on those kinds of things. I get that. But when it comes down to it, is there a sacred quality to paying those bills? This isn't a tithing sermon. I'm just saying, is there a sacred quality to that, to the decision-making that you're having? You know, the friendships that you have, is there a sacred quality to it? Pastor, you mean just having friends that are church folk? No, I hope not. Some of my best friends wouldn't consider themselves a church person, you know. And so that, that's the, no, I'm not saying that. But those relationships are sacred. 
Amen? Those relationships have an eternal quality to them. There's a beauty to those relationships that God is doing something in and through you in the midst of those relationships. And so I want to plea with you to focus on those important things in life in 2017. Not on the temporal, but allow an eternal sacred quality to intersect every decision that you're making, everything that you're focusing on, turning your eyes to Jesus in 2017. Amen? Amen? How many of you guys, I know that you remember that old song, and that's what fasting reminds us of, to turn our eyes to Jesus, you know? And, and, and maybe you're here today and you never heard that song, but those of us that have, let's, get, let's just, can we go old school for a second? Eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory. I want you to sing it one more time, all right? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory. Amen. 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 I'm, I'm telling you that. Let that be a reminder. I don't care where you are at. God, I need to turn my eyes on you. Because when I do those bills, when I do that crazy spouse, when I do that boss's mouth, the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory. I love, the, I love the things of this earth. I do. There's a whole lot I love about it. But there's just something in me that's kind of tired of it. There's just something in me that's just calling us to something else. You know what I'm saying? Just something that's just kind of stirring us to something a little deeper, a little, a little more spiritual, a little, a little more eternal. I believe that's the Spirit of God calling us into what He has for us next. Amen? i got to keep preaching. And so that's the first thing, just a place of dwelling, but it's temporary. God doesn't want us to dwell on the temporal or the temporary. He wants us to dwell on the eternal and the sacred. The second thing a tent is, and we're supposed to step out away from the tent and go toward the promise. The second thing a tent is, it's a place of covering, right? It's a place of covering. But listen, it's limited. It's limited. Grant, this is my son. Come here, Grant. I love my boy. It's a good the boy. <laughs> We're Jews, so we, we smack faces. It's a good boy. All right. So, grew up, my dad would beat my face almost to death. It's like, ah. Uh. So, um, no, but I told Grant and I got to go hiking um, just a few weeks ago. Um, we, went, we went on, I, call, I told him I called it his bro mitzvah. <laughs> See what I'm saying? 
little bit old for that, but, but um, we went on this hike where we just got our minds on things that were eternal, you know, on being a man of honor and a man of the word and a man of purity. And, and during the course of the hike, four days of hiking, a man-sized hike, I'm proud of you, I am, I am. During the course of the hike, we were able to just kind of reflect on those subjects of, of just being a man, you know, a spiritual man, a, 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 a Holy Ghost-filled man, hallelujah. Okay, I'm sorry. So when it, <laughs> when it came down to it, that last day was awesome. He's like, Daddy, I like three days. Four was a little much, <laughs> you know. And so we're hiking. I'm like, we're about halfway done, buddy. That last day was like over nine miles. We're about halfway done, buddy. We're about halfway done. And I was like, come on, let's go, let's go. And, um, and, um, and he just goes, Dad. I feel like my soul dies a little more with every step. <laughs> I was so pr- he did incredible, though. He really did. The, the third day, he drug dad, dad along. I don't know what happened on the third day. I was, I was lagging. He was flying. But, but what I was getting at with that is during that hiking trip, we, we, hike, we camp in hammocks. And during that hiking trip, we would set our hammocks up, and we got to the top of this mountain, and the wind is blowing. And, and, and I mean, most of the time we were there, it was from 21 degrees to about 35 degrees the whole time. But the last day that we were hiking, or the, the second to last day, as we're getting ready to, to get to camp, the temp starts increasing 3 to 5 degrees every half hour. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, everything that's been chilly and blowing little bits of snow, it's going to turn to rain. We've got to get this shelter up. And so we get on top of this hill, and I wish we would have stayed down in the gully and, plant, and put our thing, but we didn't. We end up on top of this hill, and we've got to get this thing set. And wind is blowing. It, it was bad, wasn't it? Blowing. Daddy said potty word. Just being honest. Just be, I'm just being honest, okay? I'm sorry. Daddy said a potty word. I really, I really did. My hands, I can't feel them, and, and, and things are blowing. And, and, and I knew if we didn't get it up, we were going to get just inundated with rain and just be wet and nasty. And, and um, so we got the thing up finally, and, um, and we set up our tarp to, to slant really low to the ground. And we were able to sit underneath the hammocks with the tarp, and we were able to get this stuff that we use, it's called Reflectix, to block the wind. And it was pretty decent. And so what was on this side of the, the, the sheet... This side of that protection, this covering, what was on this side was about 10 degrees warmer after we got our heat source going. You know, we were cooking our meal with our little camp stove, and and it got pretty decent, didn't it? Pretty decent. But on the other side, I mean, literally, if you lean back away from that covering, just the littlest bit, you you felt the wind, you felt it. It's covering, you know? Why? Because a tent is a dwelling thing, but, but it's just, it's limited. Its covering is very limited, you know? We've been, I've been in that tent before in the low 20s, you know, never lower than that. I think it can handle it. But the thing about it is it's a covering. Say it's a covering, but say it's limited. And the thing is, I believe that what God wants us to look at as we leave our tent behind is this, that in 2017, he's wanting to remove the limitations. Come on, somebody. He's wanting to remove those limitations. Check this out. That covering is limited. Some folks are so content with a little covering. Forty years wandering in the wilderness, content with manna that would show up in the morning, which is awesome. Show up at night, which is great, but just enough, just enough, just enough, just a just a little covering, just a little, just enough, just enough. And some people, I believe, are content with a little covering. A tent's a place of covering, but it's limited. I don't want to be content with a little covering in 2017. I want to leave that little covering behind and go into what God has for us in this coming year. Listen to this. I don't want you to miss this, all right? Some folk are content with just a little anointing. 
What, what, Ross, what do you mean by anointing? Anointing. You hear that in Pentecostal churches, right? You ever hear that word anointing before? It, it, it's, it means to be smeared upon. All right? It's where we get the word for Messiah. Messiah or Messiah. It's this idea of a smearing. And it's the idea of God's touch all over you. It's just what God has and all that he is, it's just covering you. That's what I want. I don't want just a little covering. Lord, I don't want a little dab. It won't do me. I, I will just I, Whatever you have, God, I'm leaving my satisfaction for a little behind. I want everything you have for me, God. I want your presence deeper than I've ever experienced your presence. I want your touch in my life deeper than I've ever experienced your touch. I want to hear your word in my life more clearly than I've ever heard it before. I'm going after your wisdom, God, more so than I've ever gone after your wisdom before. I'm not content with my friend Sally's word over my life. If there's any Sally's here, God bless you. God, I'm not content with a little covering from Sally. God, I want your word over my life. I'm not content with just a little victory. I'm not content with just a little victory. God begins to speak to your heart that he's setting you free from something. And, and you know what? I got, that was me last year. I'm doing better than I've ever done. Still waddling in here. You know? But last year I got content. I wasn't content with a little victory. I want all the victory. I'm still not content. I got about 35 pounds to go before I'm there. You know what I'm saying? But... <laughs> <that's>, <clears throat> dab. Okay. But... <laughs> But I'm getting there, <laughs> you know. When you look at the word of God, I love what it says. There's so many places, like Romans 8, 37 says this. It's not about a little covering. It's not about a little something or a little victory. It says we are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. Say more. That's not a little. That's a lot. We are more than conquerors. In, in 3 John 1, 2, it says, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Not that that prosperity financially is the thing. No, no. I want soul prosperity in you. And all as your soul prospers, everything else will prosper. But I don't want just a little prosperity in my soul. God, I want a lot of covering in my life. I want your anointing all over me. I want your touch all over what I'm doing in my life. Touch me, Lord, through that. What happens when you're content with a little covering? You'll be like those that were in the wilderness wandering who just wanted to go back to Egypt. In Exodus 16.3, they asked Moses, can we go back to the food that we ate in Egypt? Can we just go back to the flesh pots and the bread that we got from our slave masters? Can we? And, and people will say in commentaries that it was basically the refuse that the Jewish people got when they were under Egyptian bondage. Can we go back to the tra trash of our Egyptians, our Egyptian overlords? Can we just do that, you know? And I love this. It says, then said the Lord to Moses. So Moses is hearing all this complaint. Then said the Lord to Moses, behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. No, you can't go back. There's nothing back there for you. God doesn't want to just give you a little covering. He's going to rain bread from heaven for you. Now, I know this is speaking of manna. Here in a week or two, we're going to talk about manna, you know. But the bread that I'm thinking of is Jesus. He is the bread of life. And when he comes into our life and we begin to put away the temporal and we begin to live according to what he's having us to live and put him in the forefront of our hearts and our minds, as we begin to move toward that, he becomes our sufficiency. Not a little, a lot. 
He's the El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. He becomes more than enough. He becomes the one that makes you more than a conqueror. He's the one that will bring you soul prosperity to where everything else in life will begin to prosper. He's the one. But if you're satisfied with the little covering, you'll miss the promise that God has for you. Amen? And so that tent is a thing that is a dwelling place, but it's very temporal. Grant and I, after four days, we were pretty happy to be in our beds that night. Amen? We got home, and both of us were fighting for a soak. I want the tub. No, I want the tub. We were so sore, you know. You know how many hot water you only get? You know what I mean? Like one tub, right? Okay, that's not, everybody's like that. I thought, I thought so. And so I'm like, I'm the daddy. Get your butt back in your room. I, you can have the cold water when I'm done. Daddy's going to get more. Shout more. No, I'm kidding. Final thing. Number three, a tent is a symbol of wandering, but God wants to establish you. He doesn't want you just wandering anymore. Just toss to and fro. No, no. He wants to establish you. Tents are wonderful, but they're a symbol of wandering. In Joshua 3, verse 16, the waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zarathon. And those flowing down toward the Sea of Arabah, the Salt Sea, were completely cut off. Here's something really neat that I want you to see, okay? Because God's telling them to leave the tents and to pass over to Jordan, to pass over into what God has. And you have to leave the tents in order to do that. But watch this. The people passed over opposite Jericho. Verse 17. Now the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel was passing over on dry ground. Say dry ground. Until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. There's something really neat that's in this that you'll never see if you don't go get a map. And if you don't go do some science. But if you'll get a map and you'll do some science, those priests were told to go down and put their feet in the water. Okay? That's what, that, 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 you look at the scripture. They're told to go down and put their feet in the water. Then that water starts to back up. And when that water backs up, all right, back up, down the, the way, all the way to Adam, to that, that, that city. When the waters back up, then finally that water from, because it starts to back up at that city. Okay, so the water that's flowing finally passes those priests, and now it's dry. Okay, don't miss this. Don't miss this, all right? God's wanting to establish you. The priest, they had to put their foot in that water, and the thing I was reading, the commentary said it would have been nearly two hours that water would have come through at the rate that the Jordan moves. Okay? If it's if it stopped up there and it starts to heap up at that city, all that column of water coming through the river system, passing the priest would have been about two hours. All right? Let me say it this way. If you want to be established people, you've got to stand in the water. You've got to stand in the presence of God. You've got to stand in the place of God. You've got to stand where God's doing something. Not, not a wanderer. And I'm not saying this for church attendance sake, okay? I, I was talking to our, our, our leadership team yesterday, and, and there's a 20-30-30-20 rule. 
And it, it blows my mind. A, a, a metro pastor told me this when I first moved to Atlanta. He said, Ross, you're from Blue Collar, Ohio. And in Blue Collar, Ohio, men check in their, their, their work card every day. They punch in and they do work and they punch out and they go home. And they treat church the same way. And they do. I mean, they punch in, punch out. It's week to week to week. If somebody's on vacation, you don't see them. But, you know, 45, 46 times a year, they're going to be in church, you know. I know a culture has shifted and cultures changed. But he said, Ross, don't get discouraged. It was Shel Osmond who told me this. He said, because 20% of your people will be in church three to four times a month. 30% of your people will be in church two to three times a month. Another 30% will be in church one to two times a month. And then there's 20% of your people will come zero times a month. They'll come Easter, Christmas, that kind of a thing, you know. And he, and he said, but they all say you're their, you're, you're their church. That's, you're their pastor, you know. So who are you responsible for? The 400 and some that show up on Sunday morning or the 800 and some that call us their church? You're responsible for them all, I feel. So I was teaching our, our leadership team yesterday, what can we do to evangelize our congregation? Not the world, but those that, you know, it may not be as important to stand in the water as much. You know? So I'm not saying this just to get better attendance in 2017, but I will say this, as a pastor, it's hard to disciple the flock if you're not here. Just being honest. So I'd love to see just in this year just a commitment to say, man, I'm standing in the water. I'm going, to, I'm, going to try, I'm going to try to get there as much as I can. I'm, I want to receive. I want to be in the presence of God with my community of believers. I want to hear the word of God. You know? Now, that's church. That's just church. But at home, stand in the water. In your car, stand in the water. Just make it a point. God, I want to be in your presence. I want to be in your word. I want to stand in your water. Because if you have to stand if you're going to be established. Wandering is a symbol of movement and going and, yeah, check this, do this, do that, you know. But standing, this is where I'm at in my life. This is where I'm at when it comes to the word. I'm going to live marriage. God told me that's my husband, and I've been married for 15 years, and he's driving me nuts. But you know what? I'm going to stand where God told me to stand. It's not separating yet. I don't see the dry ground yet. I don't see the passageway to the promised land yet. I, I understand that, but stand. Everybody say stand. I'm going to stand in my finances. I'm going to stand in my health. I'm going to stand. Whatever it is God's saying, I'm bringing you into, make a commitment not to wander. A tent is a symbol of wander, but we're setting out from our tents. A tent is a symbol of wandering, brethren. God wants us to be established. He wants us to come to a place stand. You have to stand if you're going to be established. They wandered for 40 years. Now it's time for them to take a stand. So the people set out from their tents to pass over. I love that. You'll never pass over to what God has for you if you're satisfied with your tent. A stand. Oh, no, you don't need to stay seated. I'm not going to have you stand up. You'll never pass over what God has for you if you're satisfied with wandering, if you're satisfied with your tent, if you're satisfied with the temporal, if you're satisfied with a little covering. Does that make sense? As we, as we saw there in that passage of Scripture, Joshua 3, 16, it said they passed over to the Jordan. God wants you to pass over into what he has for you. And I believe that happens when we begin to not be satisfied with our tent, focusing on the temporal, but we start to focus on the sacred and the eternal. And I believe that happens in our life. We get that establishing in our life when we choose to begin to move forward with all that he has, not satisfied with a little. 
God, I want everything that you have. And so if you're here this morning, I want you to run into the one that is your shelter. I want you to run with everything you have and abide in that place of God. In Psalms 91, it says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, he will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I am will trust. It, it's not the idea of wilderness wandering any longer. It's the idea of being established in 2017. And if we get established, God will accelerate what he desires. And you know what some of your desires you won't even care about anymore. You'll walk into exactly the promise he has for it, and you'll go, I didn't even know I wanted that or needed that. I didn't even know that was possible to walk in. Close your eyes for a moment. If you're here this morning, and you need to be established in the family of God, that's a good place to put your foot. That's a good place to stand. And we stand in the family of God, not on our own righteousness, but because of the righteousness of Jesus. He gives us the right to stand whole and cleansed in the presence of God. And the way he does that is he died on a cross, shedding his blood to cover our sins. And when we accept him into our life, in that moment of saying, Jesus, you are my covering, you are my Lord. Not a little covering, you cover it all. For a 15-year-old young murderer, you covered it all. Not a little in Akim's life, but all. So if you're here today and you need to have that covering of your sins, you need to have a relationship with Jesus, you need to want to be in the family of God, if that's you, if you would, I'm not going to embarrass you, but hold up your hand just to let me know you want to pray. I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand. Praise the Lord, I see that hand. Anybody else here today? Let's all pray to say, Jesus, thank you that you didn't come to forgive some of my sins. You came to forgive all of my sins. I repent of those. And I lay them at your feet. Cover me with your blood. Make me new. Thank you, Jesus. If you made that commitment today, let's give God some praise, everybody. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you made that commitment today, when the service is over, see Pastor Brantley back in our connections room. It's the last room back here at the end of the hallway. And he has a gift that he wants to give you that will help you take your steps to grow in him. Amen. For the rest of you, this week as we fast and you feel those pangs of hunger, let it remind you that we're doing something that is sacred and eternal. And allow it to turn your eyes upon Jesus. And then the promise that comes from stepping away from the temporal and pursuing the eternal. God, I thank you that your covering is not limited in my life. What are you going to do, Jesus? I'm ready for it. Amen? Amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.